0: CHAPTER Thirty Three OF THE CHILDREN'S BOOK OF CHRISTMAS STORIES This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. THE CHILDREN'S BOOK OF CHRISTMAS STORIES By Asa Don Dixon Chapter 33 The Greatest of These By Joseph Mills Hanson The outside door swung open, suddenly, letting a cloud of steam into the small, hot kitchen. Charlie Moore, a milk pail in one hand, a lantern in the other, closed the door behind him with a bang, set the pail on the table, and stamped the snow from his feet. There's the milk, and I ne'er froze gittin' it, said he, addressing his partner, who was chopping potatoes in a pan on the stove. Those fried "'Odado's was burnt,' said the other, wielding his knife vigorously. Ar, huh! Why didn't you watch em instead of reading your old Scandinavian paper?' answered Charlie, hanging his overcoat and cap behind the door, and laying his mittens under the stove to dry. Then he drew up a chair and with much exertion pulled off his heavy felt boots and stood them beside his mittens. Why didn't you shut the gate after you came in from town? The cows got out and went up to roney's and I had to chase him. Tain't any joke running round after cows such a night as this. Having relieved his mind of his grievance, Charlie sat down before the oven door and opened it, laid a stick of wood along its outer edge, and thrust his feet into the hot interior, propping his heels against the stick. Look out for these hard biscuits, exclaimed his partner anxiously. Oh, hang the biscuits, was Charlie's hasty answer. I'll watch em why didn't you a tank a forget em well you don't want to forget a feller forgot his clothes once and he got froze a gas those taller was catch in a spring snowstorm was those biscuits done charlie you bet they are nels replied charlie looking into the pan Dan's supper was ready yaman yeah, Nels picked up the frying pan and Charlie the biscuits and set them on the oilcloth-covered table where a plate of butter, a jar of plum jelly, and a coffee pot were already standing outside the frozen kitchen window the snow covered fields and meadows stretched glistening and silent away to the dark belt of timber by the river. Along the deep rutted road in front, a belated lumber wagon passed slowly, the wheels crunching through the packed snow with a wavering, incessant shriek. The two men hitched their chairs up to the table and without ceremony helped themselves liberally to the steaming food for a few moments they seemed oblivious to everything but the demands of hunger the potatoes and biscuits disappeared with surprising rapidity washed down by large draughts of coffee these men laboring steadily through the short daylight hours in the dry cold air of the dakota winter were like engines whose fires had burned low they were taking fuel presently the first keen edge of appetite satisfied they ate more slowly and nels straightening up with a sigh spoke a seen sigert in town today I wants Von hundred fifty for those team. Come down, eh? commented Charlie. Well, they're worth that. We'd better take em, Nels. We'll need em in the spring if we break the North forty. Yes, it's a nice team, agreed Nels. Have us driven ham today. Is he haulin' corn? Nah, he had his kids oop oh, gettin' Christmas presents. Chris, by gracious, tomorrow's Christmas. Nels nodded solemnly, as one possessing superior knowledge. Charlie became thoughtful. We'll come in sort of slim on it here, I reckon, Nels. Christmas ain't right, somehow, out here. Back in Wisconsin... Where I came from, there's where you get your Christmas, Charlie spoke with the unswerving prejudice of mankind for the land of his birth. Yes, those been right in the old country they have great times Christmas. their thoughts were all bent now upon the holiday scenes of the past as they finished the meal and cleared away. And washed the dishes, they related incidents of their boyhood's time, compared, reiterated, and embellished. As they talked they grew jovial and laughed often. The ski broke and you went down Kerplump, eh? Ha ha That reminds me of one time in Wisconsin. Something of the joyous spirit of the christmas tide seemed to have entered into this little farmhouse set in the midst of the lonely white fields in the hearts of these men moving about in their dim lighted room were re-echoed the joyous murmur of the great world without the gaiety of the throngs in city streets where the brilliant shop windows rich with holiday spoils smile out upon the passing crowd and the clang of streetcars and roar of traffic mingle with the cries of street vendors the work finished they drew their chairs to the stove and filled their pipes still talking well, well, said Charlie, after the laugh occasioned by one of Nell's droll stories had subsided, it's nice to think of those old times. I'd hate to have been one of these kids that can't have any fun, Christmas or any other time. I guess there ain't anybody much that don't have something this tams of year. Oh, yes, there are, Nels, you bet there are. Charlie nodded at his partner with serious convictions. Now, there's the ronies. He waved his pipe over his shoulder. The old man told me tonight when I was up after the cows that he's sold all the crops except for what they need for feedin'. Wheat. And corn and everything, and some hogs besides, and ain't got hardly enough now for feed and clothes for all that family. The rent and the lumber he had to buy to build the new barn after the old one burnt ate up the money like fury. He kind of laughed and said he guessed the children wouldn't get much Christmas this year. I didn't think about its being so close when he told me. No Christmas. Nell's round eyes widened with astonishment. A tank does been pooty bad. He studied the subject for a few moments. His solid face suddenly grew thoughtful. Charlie stared at the stove. Far away by the river, a lonely coyote set up his quick Howling yelp. There's been seven kids up there, said Niels at last, glancing up as if for corroboration. Yes, seven, agreed Charlie. Say, do we need Seagirt's team very bad? Well, now that depends, said Charlie. Why not? Nothing, only a bus tankin' we might take. Some of this wheat we was going to sell, and and yeah, what? And dump it on Rony's granary floor tonight after they been asleep. Charlie stared at his companion for a moment in silence, then he rose and approaching Nell's, examined his partner's face with solemn scrutiny. By the great horn spoon, he announced finally, you've got a head on you like a balloon, my boy. Keep on getting ideas like that, and you'll land in Congress, or the poor farm, before many years. Then, abandoning his pretense of gravity, he slapped the other on the back. Why didn't I think of that? It's the best yet. Siegert's team? Oh, hang, Siegert's team. We don't need it. We'll have a little Merry Christmas out of this yet. Only they mustn't know where it came from. I'll write a note and stick it under the door. You'll find some merry wheat. No, that ain't it. You'll find some wheat in the granary to give the kids a merry christmas with signed santa claus he wrote out the message in the air with a pointing forefinger he had entered into the spirit of the thing eagerly it's half past nine now he went on looking at the clock it'll be eleven time we get the stuff loaded and hauled up there "'Let's go out and get at it. "'Lucky the bobs are on the wagon. "'They don't make such a racket as wheels.' "'He took the lantern from its nail behind the door "'and lighted it, "'after which he put on his boots, cap, and mittens, "'and flung his overcoat across his shoulders. "'Nels, meanwhile, had put on his outer garments also.' shut up the stove nels charlie blew out the light and opened the door there hang it he exclaimed turning back i forgot the note ought to be in ink i suppose well never mind now we won't put on any style about it he took down a pencil from the shelf and extracting a bit of wrapping paper from a bundle behind the wood-box, wrote the note by the light of the lantern. "'There! I guess that'll do,' he said, finally. "'Come on!' Outside the night air was cold and bracing, and in the black vault of the sky the winter constellations flashed and throbbed. The shadows of the two men, thrown by the lantern, bobbed huge and grotesque across the snow and among the bare branches of the cottonwoods as they moved toward the barn a tank we put on those extra sideboards and make her an even fifty bushel said nels after they had backed the wagon up to the granary door V might as well do it upright, Skins were added. at it. Having carried out this suggestion, the two shoveled steadily with short inter- intervals of rest for three-quarters of an hour, the dark pile of grain in the wagon-box rising gradually until it stood flush with the top. Good it was to look upon. Cold and soft and yielding to the touch, this heaped up wealth from the inexhaustible treasure house of the mighty West. Charlie and Nels felt something of this as they viewed the results of their labors for a moment before hitching up the team. It's A number one hard, said Charlie, picking up a handful and sifting it slowly through his fingers and it'll fetch seventy-four cents but you can't raise any worse on this old farm of ours if you try he added a little proudly nor anywhere else in the jim river valley for that matter as they approached the roney place looking dim and indistinct in the darkness their voices hushed apprehensively, and the noise of the sled-runners slipping through the snow seemed to them to increase from a purr to a roar. Here, stop a minute, whispered Nell's in agony of discovery. "We're making an awful noise. I'll go and take a beat. He slipped away and cautiously approached the house. It's all right, he whispered hoarsely, returning after a moment. They're all asleep. But go easy. A tank we pest go easy. They seemed burdened all at once with the consciousness of criminals, and went forward with almost guilty timidity. Thunder there's a bump. Why don't you drive c- carefuller, Charlie? Drive yourself, if you think you can do any better. As they came into the yard, a dog suddenly ran out from the barn, barking furiously. Charlie reined up with an ejaculation of despair. Look there, the dog. We're done for now, sure. Stop him, Nels. Throw something at him. The noise seemed to their excited ears louder than the crash of artillery. Nels threw a piece of snow crust. The dog ran back a few steps, but his barking did not diminish. Here, hold the lines. I'll try to catch him. Charlie jumped from the wagon and approached the dog with coaxing words. Come, doggie, good, good doggie, nice boy, come. His maneuver, however, merely served to increase the animal's frenzy. As Charlie approached, the dog retired slowly toward the house, his head thrown back, and his rapid barking increased to a long-drawn-out howl. Good boy, come, bothered the brute. HE'LL WAKE UP THE WHOLE HOUSEHOLD. NICE DOGGIE. PHEE! <laughs> THE NOISE, HOWEVER, HAD NO APPARENT EFFECT UPON THE OCCUPANTS OF THE HOUSE. ALL REMAINED AS DARK AND SILENT AS EVER. CHARLIE! CHARLIE! LET HIM GO! CRIED Nell's IN A VOICE SMOTHERED WITH LAUGHTER. HE GOES IN GHOST barn. MAYBE HE'LL CHASE ME his hope was well founded the dog observing this treacherous occupation by the enemy of his last harbour of refuge gave pursuit and disappeared within the door which charlie hard behind him closed with a bang there was the sound of a hurried scuffle within the dog's barking gave place to terrified whinings, which in turn were suddenly quenched to a choking murmur. "'Gum in, Charlie, quick!' "'You got him?' queried Charlie, opening the door cautiously. "'Did he bite you?' "'Nah, just mum mittin. Get a sack or something, to I am open.' A sack was procured from somewhere into which the dog, now silenced from sheer exhaustion and fright, was unceremoniously thrust, after which the sack was tied and flung into the wagon. This formidable obstacle overcome, and the ronies still slumbering peacefully, the rest was easy. The granary door was pried open, and the wheat shoveled hurriedly in upon the empty floor charlie then crept up to the house and slipped his note under the door the sack was lifted from the now empty wagon and opened before the barn. whereupon its occupant slipped meekly out and retreated at once to a far corner seemingly too much incensed at his discourteous treatment even to fling a volley of farewell barks at his departing captors. Well, remarked Nels with a sigh of relief as they gained the road. E tank dose ronies. Believe in Santa Claus now. Dose peen funny way for Santa Claus to come. Charlie's laugh was good to hear. He didn't exactly come down the chimney, that's a fact, but it'll do at a pinch. We ought to have told them to get a present for the dog, collar and chain. I reckon he wouldn't hardly be thankful for it, though. huh? I guess not. He likes to have his nights to himself. Well, we had our fun anyway. Sort of puts me in mind of old Wisconsin, somehow. From far off over the valley, with its dismantled cornfields and snow-covered haystacks, beyond the ice-bound river, floated slow and sonorous the mellow clanging of church bells. They were ushering in the Christmas morn. Overhead, the starlit heavens glistened brooding and mysterious, looking down with luminous, loving eyes upon these humble sons of men doing a good deed from the impulse of simple, generous hearts, as upon that other Christmas morning long ago when the Jewish shepherds, guarding their flocks by night, read in their shining depths that in Bethlehem of Judea the Christmas child was born. The rising sun was touching the high hilltops with a faint rush of crimson the next morning when the back door of the Roney house opened with a creak, and Mr. Roney, still heavy-eyed with sleep, stumbled out upon the porch, stretched his arms above his head, yawned blinked at the dazzling snow and then shambled off toward the barn as he approached the dog ran eagerly out gambled meekly around his feet and caressed his boots the man patted him kindly hello old boy what were you yapping around so for last night huh grain thieves you needn't worry about them there ain't nothing left for them to steal no sir if they got into that granary they'd have to take a lantern along to find a pint of wheat i don't suppose he added reflectively that i could scrape up enough to feed the chickens this morning but i guess i might well see he passed over to the little building what he saw when he looked within seemed for a moment to produce no impression upon him whatever he stared at the hillock of grain in motionless silence finally mr roney gave utterance to a single word gee willikins and started for the house on a run into the kitchen where his wife was just starting the fire the excited man burst like a whirlwind come out here mary he cried come out here quick the worthy woman unaccustomed to such demonstrations looked at him in amazement for goodness sakes what's come over you peter roney she exclaimed are you daft don't make such a noise You'll wake the young ones, and I don't want them waked till need be with no Christmas for them, poor little things. Never mind the young uns, he replied. Come on. As they paced out, he noticed the slip of paper under the door and picked it up, but without comment. He charged down upon the granary, his wife with a shawl over her head close behind. She peered in apprehensively at first, then with eyes of widening wonder. "'Why, Peter,' she said, turning to him, "'why, Peter, what, what does—' "'I thought—' "'You thought,' he broke in, "'me too, but it ain't so. "'It means that we've got some of the best neighbors "'that ever was, a-thinkin' of our young'uns this way. "'Read that.' and he thrust the paper into her hand. Why, Peter, she ejaculated again, weakly. Then suddenly she turned, and laying her head on his shoulder, began to sob softly. There, there, he said, patting her arm awkwardly. Don't you go and cry now. Let's just be thankful to the good Lord for putting such fellers into the world as them fellers down the road. And now you run in and hurry up breakfast while I do up the chores. Then we'll hitch up and get into town before the stores close. Tell the young'uns Santy didn't get round last night with their things, but we've got word to meet him in town. Eh?' Hey? Yes, I saw just the kind of sled Pete wants when I was up yesterday, and that China doll for Molly. Yes, tell him anything you want. Don't be too big. Santa Claus has come to Roney's ranch this year, sure End of chapter thirty three